What's up, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. Super stoked to have DistroKid supporting the podcast. They're the go-to for digital distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get music into Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts, they help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance. I really dig this company and I dig their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, artists, bands, DJs, performers, and any other creators that are recording music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. The best part about DistroKid supporting the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, which is absolutely huge, making their already affordable memberships even cheaper. So check out the link in the episode notes. I will put that there. Or you can also find it in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Click that link and it will give you 30% off that sign up. Can't thank DistroKid enough for sponsoring the podcast. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, we got volume 17 of I Dig Records, where my cuzzo and I do the deep dive on a record. Stoked to get into this one. If you want to help support this podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so and that will help propel this thing into the tops of those itunes charts which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels and uh help strangers find the podcast great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing and uh cannot stress the importance of those enough so thank you to all the people that have already taken the time to do that. And thanks to everybody that uh, ordered a mug or one of the five-year anniversary It's a Program shirts. Those are all still available, and those will be in the episode notes as well as the link for the monthly playlist that I've been dropping on Spotify. I'll put the Spotify profile there. You can follow that as well. It'll let you know when a new playlist comes out. So, uh Get up on all that. Those are uh, coming out every first of the month. Also, the links for Inside Voices Records, my cousin's record label, and his two groups, High Pulp and Sun King, will be in the Instagram handles there. will be in the episode notes as well, so you can keep up with those things. And coming up at Produce Row here in Portland, Oregon, free music. Wednesday nights from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sundays from 1 to 3. And this Sunday, May 16th, I will be uh, playing the Digital Jams 
down there at Produce Row, which I'm super stoked about. Haven't really done any uh, sets since the pandemic happened. So this Sunday, May 16th, 1 to 3, I will be down there. And then May 19th, former guest of the podcast, David Pollock, will be down at Produce Row. And then on the 23rd, Ronnie Carrier and Corinne Charlet are going to be down there doing uh, each doing a set. And then on May 26th, we got the duo Dead Lee, who I've heard some really great things about. So stay tuned for that stuff. Produce Row Instagram handle will be in those episode notes as well. So you can keep up with the, uh, the calendar there. Come out to see some music been really rad to see people uh doing the the thing that they love to do again it's all socially distanced they got a a killer patio there and it's free music every wednesday and sunday other than that stay tuned for your regular weekly friday episodes we've got mert's son coming at you this friday a rapper out of charlotte north carolina which was a really dope conversation. So stoked to share that one on Friday. And then I've got uh, engineer and producer Sam Pura coming up the following week. So stay tuned for those. And I dig records dropping every other Wednesday. Let's get into this one. Volume 17. It is the 2011 release from washed out within and without. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. I dig records, bro. Volume 17, (laughs) in full effect. 17. That's pretty wild. Ah, My lights just went off. There we go. What's your, what's your shirt say? 75,000? Oh, dude, this is unnecessary. I can't. I, I, I can't. I don't know why. Two times in a row. I, I was just doing a podcast with my mom yesterday, and like, no one ever says anything about my shirts usually. And I'm just like yeah. still wearing a work shirt. Really? That's a, that's a bunt cake shirt. Yeah, it's like a one off, though. This really dumb thing that, like, in the beginning of opening up that bakery, I accidentally ordered 75,000 staples really I didn't realize how many came in this case of things so I just pretty much you know ordered enough staples for the uh the duration of that business potentially which is like yeah yeah, I probably I probably got them at for a pretty good price so it's uh yeah so you know some shirts were made it's still something that's talked about you know it's like one of those work stories like how 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 much space does seventy five thousand staples take? Not by? very much. Not even. Was it like a box, like a big, yeah, just it's like not, a big like box? not even a single shelf though. It's like bigger than like a shoe box though, right? No, I don't even think it was that much. That's wild. I mean, yeah. they're small. Well, anyway, how, it's, remember how much it was? No, I don't. I have no idea. Hmm. I have no idea. Right. I was just doing the the opening ordering, and you know that's how it shook out. So I have this ridiculous one-off shirt that I have been granted permission to wear. But, um, yeah, I probably won't be wearing it too much after, uh, you know, 
in the next couple days as I'm on my way out. Last few days here. The final countdown, Cuzzo. Three more days yeah. at my nine to five grind. Which you've been doing for like six years? Almost eight. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Man. So Good for you. Yeah. How excited are you? Just like I'm just super pumped, you know? I uh just like I was telling my mom, I've never had I've never been able to like pursue a creative passion without having a you know 35 hour to right 70 hour at times you know full-time job and uh so i'm just excited to to see what i choose to do with the free time because i know it's on me to do the work and there's not going to be anybody over my shoulder right really you know saying hey this needs to get get wrapped up so yeah i'm just pumped man pumped I'm exhausted. Days, man. I'm exhausted. So I'm like I feel like yeah, I'm, and you moved. You know, yeah, I'm just like at I'm at the breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um but dude, full how disclosure. Sweet is Saturday gonna be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Saturday is gonna be really dope. But um yeah. Like full disclosure, full disclosure. fucked and fucked up the f- scheduling of something for the very first time. I was supposed to be uh, doing a podcast with a dude last night and I completely blew it off mixing up my days thinking that I was doing it tonight right before we did this podcast and he was mm. on east coast time and oh, uh there's the yeah, communication yeah. on it like looked really bad and uh just a very of I don't know one of those like tough lessons to learn and very humbling you know but yeah a good lesson to put into practice is you know, even if your mental, you feel like your mental calendar is good, you know, always make sure that you, uh, you double check and, and put that shit in your calendar, in calendar. Yeah. you know, and do it like right away, immediately. You know me, I use, I use Siri, like, like I should be getting, I should be like getting a sponsorship from Siri. I use <laughs> Siri so much, you know? So it's like everything that I have to do just immediately. I just talk to my phone so much and I don't even, you know, like realize I'm doing it because it's so normal for me. And I'll just be like doing it in line at like a, a fast food place. People like look at me. Yeah. Like, but you actually do that? I'm like, yeah, what? I didn't even think of it. I just do this. I talked, I set like 45, you know, fucking yeah. reminders a day in my phone. So for sure, man. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just got to put it in. Yeah, I got lucky. Um, it, I did it with somebody that is, uh, you know, showing me grace in that that area and that mistake because yeah, it could have been somebody that that didn't, and it was completely my error. But yeah, right. it's just uh, it's hectic some, times, man. I mean. It's switching honestly, up jobs yeah. and moving on. It was a, thing, I, I should have never scheduled it for that time. And I learned that lesson the hard way. And it's just a, you know, simple mistake. But I think it's good to acknowledge those things and like not and like not hide them necessarily. Hide that part of the process when when the mistakes oh, yeah. happen sometimes. Yeah, I guess. You know? I mean, this is a DIY operation. You know what I mean? Like, 
yeah that's that's part of it too it's like and that's not to say that it's got a lower standard but it's like, like you said there's no like one looking over your shoulder or anything this is like your thing yeah but so. i can help myself by doing small little things like putting shit in the calendar Siri. right away you know Siri, not, dude. yeah it's just so crazy how i i had completely trained my mind that this thing was happening Mm-hmm. on a day that it was not even though i was getting emails that was communicating that it was happening that day right, i was just right, spread right. so so far thin that i wasn't even reading right. things thoroughly and it just you know no, just it's not, like a, when not you a great look from a nap yeah you know yeah you're just like in a whole nother whole nother place you can't really be grounded you know so yeah two lessons learned you know read your emails thoroughly all of the time yeah and uh put things in the calendar but that's enough about that you know life advice life is life how else is, you doing man what's that how else you doing how's the move the move has been f- cool i don't know man like i'm just i just i'm just ready for shit to slow down for one second you know i'm in this is three, the last week days, of work. Man. This is the last week of work, but I'm also going out on a holiday week, which is one of the busiest weeks or busiest days of the right. year will be Saturday. So, you know, Another it's day. a it's a stressful right. week at work and just trying to keep everything on the up and up and not do dumb shit like not put things in my calendar and just overloading <laughs> myself in, in certain areas. So the move I got through it, you know, I got all my shit out in time and now I'm just trying to get it all in order so I don't have to live out of boxes for very long because I don't mm-hmm. do well in that space. That's not yeah. for me. I try to, no doubt. I like want to get my shit set up as quick as possible. Right. You but, don't want to be wearing the same clothes and just eating Pop-Tarts. Yeah. And then also I have to find the balance of that and be okay with it not happening just tomorrow because there's other priorities right now. And Mm -hmm. next week when I don't have a nine to five, I can, I can start really like digging in and getting shit set up. So I don't need to like, I don't need to stress all your records out. Um, I just needed to get them out of the way. It's not even about getting them set up. Like I don't have my record player ready to go. It's just trying to, trying to get things in their places so that there's a floor space right now in this, in this soon to be makeshift studio room, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I was looking at, uh, U-Hauls the other day for the, the truck that I'm about to make from Seattle to LA, that whole thing, just like renting the U-Haul and figuring out what's going to come with, you know, which drum sets and which records and it's going to be a lot of shit. It's crazy. But I'm excited. There's something about moving that's pretty, yeah, pretty nice to be able to just get rid of a lot of shit, you know. Yeah, and uh, just kind of creating a new space. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for things to be a little more settled in and to have some space to take some deep breaths and uh, you know regroup and then dig in for the real work mm-hmm. yeah. yep. so well, godspeed man yeah man how you hanging in i'm great 
I'm buying a lot of shit. I'm buying all his musical shit. I'm selling shit. I'm selling my white drum set. Oh, damn. Yep. That's and I'm crazy. selling a, a big receiver. Um, How long have you had your white drum set? Probably since I was like 16. Okay. Maybe was, 17. Was, yeah, I was pretty sure that you had that since you were a teenager, one of your first sets for sure. Yeah, it was my second kit. Yeah. So <laughs> I just never play it. And again, I'm trying to get rid of it. So any, uh, no. any weird feeling towards that? Or are you like completely just like, I'm cool with nah, letting it go, it's, you know? It's whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like my, my first kit, I think I'll always keep. That would be weird to let go of. Because first of all, it's really not that nice. So like the resale value is not like somebody wanted to give me like a few thousand dollars for that first kit of mine. I'd be like, whatever, sure. But like, you know, it's worth like a few hundred dollars. So, (laughs) and I still like it, but the white kit is worth a lot and I never play it. So it's more like, let's clean the house up a little bit and get rid of some of that stuff. And then I can just buy a lot of records because my discogs want list is pretty deep and i'm trying to thin it out a little bit yeah. by buying records not not by <laughs> great job rid of, great job not by unwanting them but just by buying them oh man so, yeah. you know yeah just doing that stuff and making a lot of music and chilling the sun sun's been out a little bit Yes, it's good. I'm fully vaccinated. So likewise, you know, I'm not doing anything too crazy, but it's a little peace of mind. Just, you know, like, you know, it's not just me and the mask. You know, I got a little thing in between me and the mask now. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm a couple days removed from getting that second dose. So, um, yeah, it's nice. Nice to get it over with get through that part let's open up this circle kit bro (laughs) that's right uh i got the the pfizer one pfizer yeah did you get some side effects um i i just was pretty much really tired the next day uh nothing nothing major really tired some light headaches throughout the day but i pretty much just hung out in bed all day and watched tv and that was about it, you know? Ate a lot of edibles that day. Tried to stay pretty blasted and stay comfortable, but nothing nothing major. So then you man. don't know if you feel weird because of the weed or because of the, the, the vaccine. <laughs> no, you like, don't know oh, if I feel you weird, feel good but maybe that's because, because I took of the weed or the 60 vaccine. Milligrams. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, no, I. But I don't know, man. I, I just felt. I got a pneumonia shot and a flu shot the same day this uh, going or, into this previous winter because I've gotten pneumonia wow. a couple times. Yeah, and, pneumonia uh, sucks. Dude. So, they, so they got before. me this this shot, which was great. I didn't even know that was a thing. They just offered it to me this time with my flu shot. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that shit wrecked me for like five days. Like fucked me up getting both of those in the same day. So I was kind of... Uh, I was it, one day of it preparing for something. Yeah, I wasn't even preparing right. for something like that. I was. Everybody said, if anything, it was mostly just like a one day thing, and then maybe feeling a little slow the next day or so after that. So you know, I wasn't too, I wasn't too right. worried about it. So all is well. I'm not dead yet so far from it. So that's tight. 
The vaccines are safe, folks. Get vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd be sick. I would. I would. I'm. I'm about the uh, the group immunity. That's for sure. And uh, that's all we need to talk about on that front. That's right. You gotta talk about a record. Let's talk about this record from 2011, the debut studio album LP from Mr. Ernest Green, also known or better known as Washed Out. Arnold. Sub Pop. Washed. <laughs> Washed out. <laughs> yeah, dude. Sub Pop. So, uh, how did you come across this record? So I came across washed out. Um, <clears throat> my buddy Bert had definitely, you know, brought them up to me and, um, I didn't know much about it. I didn't do too much digging into it, <clears throat> but I knew who they were or who he was and, then my buddy Ryan Motto came up to visit Portland, maybe just like a year after I moved up here. And he showed them to me while he was visiting before he eventually moved up here. And it was just kind of like right place, right time shit, you know? It was just hearing yeah. something at the right time. And he showed me this washed out stuff. And I didn't really know what we were what we were listening to so much. I know we were listening to a combination of the first two records when he came out, like this record, mm -hmm. and then the EP before, which right. was the uh, Life of Leisure. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we were just kind of listening to both of those albums. And then after he left, I just started paying attention to it. And right around that time was when the Paracosm record dropped which I love that, that album. And that was kind of the first one that I really got acquainted with. And I think even the first one that I picked up on, on vinyl, cause I have this one, um, Paracosm and Life of Leisure. And I ended up going to see him play on the Paracosm tour. And when I started learning that it was just this one person operation, I kind of just expected that to be maybe the show it was just him and looping stations and some synths and, you know, a bunch of different instruments. And it ended up being a full band show, which was so sick. It was one of my favorite shows that I've ever seen at the crystal ballroom. I went by myself and it was just like unreal experience. Everything sounded fucking killer and I just kind of went all in and like as it like became just such a huge fan after that <clears throat> started listening to all the records and just kind of one of those dudes that hasn't hasn't steered me in the, the wrong direction you know the last couple records have maybe gotten a little poppy at times but I think they've even gotten like more psychedelic and kind of far out at times as well so I just fucking love the music that this dude makes and I feel like everything he does is such a fucking vibe. Like he it's it's just such amazing music to just throw on. And and I don't think many people are going to complain about it. They're probably just going to 
like enjoy it and it's not going to interrupt anything really four-piece band maybe five and i don't know if any of the dudes that play with him in the studio on this record and the paracosm record because there's a lot of Mm. crossover between some of the i think like the drummer and the bass player i think the bass player might even be the the producer on this record and the paracosm record Mm. so yeah it was like a four or five piece band just killer performance dude and i think it's just awesome for for the tunes on this album because there's there's a lot that where you can hear the actual like real instrumentation where it's not samples of things or just you know a midi version of these instruments you know you're hearing Mm -hmm. real strings at times you're hearing a real drum kit you're hearing a real bass guitar being played so it was it was dope to to have that for that show and get all that feel but also just have all the the synthy electronic shit shine through as well and just that balance that's like throughout this whole record is is fucking killer live right yeah i just got it on in my ears right now i mean the thing that's interesting about it is that so yeah, I mean, I remember when this record came out, 2011. So this is when I graduated from high school, ten years ago, and so wild. <laughs> I know, yeah. But uh, I remember when it came out, just because I remember the artwork, you know, being around, just going to like record stores, and seeing this artwork. I was like, whoa, that's you know, I remember that, and. Um, it's interesting, and just a side note on that artwork. Did you read that thing about how the artwork was used and like it was licensed to to the to washed out, and then the photographer relicensed it to some magazine, and it was like something about like sex positions or something, and it was just like, and I guess Ernest was like sort of upset about it for a being like relicensed and b for it being like just sort of like minimized to just being about like sex positions in some like cosmopolitan type magazine or whatever you know because i think he wanted something a little more like i don't know mysterious about the artwork like it wasn't supposed to be just that just a side note interesting but yeah i remember that record coming out and i remember hearing it um floating around you know what i mean like yeah when i was in college and stuff but it was never really more than like you described like it was on like a party or somebody was just listening to it hanging out in yeah. a room you know but it wasn't like a headphone listening experience uh for me at least until 
till now. So that was interesting because I have mixed feelings about the record as far as a headphone experience, you mm-hmm. know, or like a attentive experience. And I think that I wonder if like I would feel differently about it if I had listened. I actually promise I would probably have liked it a lot more if I had listened to it intently back then. Just because I think this is like really where my ears were, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that my it's not even a gripe with it. It's just that like, I feel like this record is really good for that. Like vibe experience, you know what I mean? To just like sort of be a, be a backdrop. But when I try to like engage with it in a deeper way, it does feel a little bland at times. You know what I mean? Sort of like, Oh, this thing's just cruising. It feels good the whole time. It's like not going to offend anyone, but I don't think it was reinventing anything for me, you know what I mean? Or pushing anything. And I think part of that is also because it's been 10 years since it came out. You know, I think that there's a lot of stuff that this record has influenced and it's not its fault that there's a lot of copycats of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that we talk about the individual songs for sure, but I, I found it interesting because I actually think I was expecting to like it a little more more and it's not even like the word like isn't even correct it's more like to be grabbed by it like i wasn't like engaged by it super heavily when i was trying to like dedicate my attention to it you know what i mean yeah absolutely um i wonder have you listened to much of the records before this the life of leisure and then there's uh, there's an EP before. I wonder if that would be a little more your speed for the washed out stuff, just because I don't know. It's uh it's more that that bedroom. Oh, I have listened to this like lo-fi vibes throughout it because this is kind of the first record. You know, like I said, this is the first studio album, and this is the one where there's a little more polish to these things, and he he doesn't hide behind like the lo-fi um Thing, texture yeah. treatment like the whole record you know which uh i like i'm kind of in for it all as far as the the catalog from this dude so i'm i'm biased but um yeah i'm just curious maybe how you would feel yeah, about got, like, some of that stuff but <clears throat> sounds um, great i hear what you're saying though i don't know man i just I, I, this is such like killer road trip music. You put this whole like discography on for something like that, like a cool night drive, especially this record. But I feel like it's just, yeah, it's welcome to the vibe is what I get consistently from the washed out experience. And you know what I'm just realizing is, yeah, I totally know this, uh, washed out ep because feel it all around is the theme song for portlandia yeah, it's the portlandia chain. that's where i know it and it's a this is a super super dope song amazing song super vibey
But I, I don't know, man. I think there's a... Uh, I obviously lean the other direction on this record. This is like not a record that I would... I didn't listen... I didn't... It's been a while since I've kind of listened to this maybe front to back. And digging mm-hmm. into it the last couple of weeks, I was still stoked that it was in my record collection. You know, there was like no question right. about whether this would, you know, somehow be put up on the, on the, on the resale list. Right. Uh, right. Right. Cause I think aside, like, I think there's some cool things that happen throughout the songs. Yeah. Let's talk. Um, where, where you like eyes start? be closed. The first track that, that opening synth that mm-hmm. happens. I love that that pretty much exists Good way to start a throughout record. this whole record subtly in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that is, uh, I don't know, just the use of that and to keep it there somehow, but to keep the song moving, I think is, is very cool. The song also just has like that really strong, like mountaintop feel in a nice way. Just like really open ringing out chords sort of just yeah long vocal cadence you know what i mean it feels sort of pretty triumphant yeah you know what i love about this jam is that i feel like the ceiling is slowly rising the entire time uh-huh. such a yeah. great opening track for that and yeah it's just slowly rising and then you finally get deep into the 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 tune and there's like those big huge tom moments and the ceiling yeah, is kind of like Collins shit. yeah exactly exactly it's like that phil collins vibe but it has its own like flair to it and it's uh, the ceiling is completely blown off at that point and i just kind of love that that subtle rise that maybe you don't even notice is happening so much Oh yeah, but it's like slowly lifting up. production on this record is all just super solid oh yeah he uh hired the, the same person that did the uh animal collective records did meriwether plus pavilion strawberry jam man i'm not um, really familiar with the animal collective stuff word yeah well same same time you know and um they're a little more out but definitely electric electronic instruments and really high production value um so it makes sense it's like a pretty good match between the two you know ep that he released before this has you know millions of streams and is the portland theme song it's not like this record probably had a pretty good support behind it as far as like finances so he could sort of pick and choose 
who he wanted to produce it, you know, and that's a pretty intentional, intentional choice, you know? Yeah. Echoes, Echoes is a vibe. I like the sort of like kraut rockiness of it. Now that you know how I feel, I'm not just going to like spend the rest of the podcast hating on this record. <laughs> That's nice. You know? Yeah. Now I'll talk I mean, about the thing I, I, do, obviously I do like, like about it. Yeah. I, I, I kind of saw this one going either way for you. I don't dislike it at all. I just I know just, that there's yeah. some people. But what I do. Yeah. Some people that you fuck with heavy that like really like this album, I'm sure. And like I said, Jeremy, I think being one oh, of totally. them. And I don't know if this is something that holds up for him mm-hmm. at this at this point, but I know not many years back he pulled this one out and was, you know put this one on and he's like, "This is great." Yeah, and it's a vibe, and that's, that's what I'm saying with echoes, like just the the drums, the four on the floor sort of thing, sort of like slow, like trancey, kraut rocky thing is cool. I, I do appreciate a lot. Um, artists that bridged the gap between sort of like European electronic music and like American indie rock. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is a great version of that. Over here, yeah, over here we got a lot of those like, I play guitar in a a guitar band, like, you know, like the Shins or whatever, you know? And then, you know, this, you know, project is probably equally influenced by super synth heavy projects and stuff like Apex Twin. like for me the headphone experience like i'm i'm it's easy for me to get lost in, in it mm-hmm. like it feels transcendent i guess yeah i think that the, the textures the synth work and all this I, I actually really wonder what let me see if i can find like what gear was being used on this um, like that end of it seems so so flawless to me i'm curious like what synthesizes yeah i think it's true i mean just the choices on all the, the fucking the production tunes are, are like on the choices on all the tones just so killer in the mix. I will say though, I think this whole album, like every song on it could be the single with the exception of echoes and maybe the last track, maybe the indebted, the a dedication. But I would say that maybe echoes is my least favorite track on the album interesting i I like that but i also really like the song still that's the it's just like one of those albums though that i i like all the songs a lot but this is probably my least favorite one right that's interesting yeah not really getting too much as far as like the gear that was being used i wonder like what what synths were being used on this Seems like somebody says a Nord and a Mellotron. 
and then a SPDSX drum machine, and then a, a Korg control drum machine. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I wonder, like, you know, with the right production, like, you can make so much live instrumentation have this whole electronic feel, you know, using compression and stuff. So, yeah. And I, just, I have in my earphones right now, I have the Amorfati and uh, the hi hats. And the snares, yeah, I can't really tell if it's if it's live or not. It's really it's really lush. It's a record that doesn't necessarily have these seamless transitions, but it all feels like it lives in the same world. And I was reading that he really likes to, when he's writing music, he likes to have a vision in his head for it. And for mm -hmm. that to kind of be represented throughout like the collection of tunes right that way you don't get like the the two or three random songs that are just like here's where i picked up a guitar and <laughs> you know played like the melvins i like the when it gets to like the three minute mark like and when the clapping kind of kicks in i feel like this is the track on the record where you're, where you're just like yeah you you came to the right place like this is where the good vibe is at definitely like some festival vibes yeah absolutely and but i also feel like, like big, it can be enjoyed big, on big like such a shit. like like a, a much smaller scale too totally no yeah i mean this could just be like we're talking about just some like some grill yeah know? it's the pool party yeah yeah definitely throw this on nobody's gonna be upset with you but i hear what you're saying too is that maybe you're not going to hear anything that's going to stand out then maybe during that experience as well. But maybe yeah, in I mean, the right environment, like the, it's you're, the double-edged sword for sure. But like maybe you're big, you know, you're chilling at the, at the pool heavy and you're hearing this, this album front right, to back. You're in the right place. You're yeah. kind of like, yeah. 
man, what is this? Like, why is this so good? Yeah. No, totally, totally. Yeah. That's that's definitely a one hundred percent like that. That song to me really feels uh in in a in a not good or bad way it just really feels nostalgic to me for that like era like feel like that sounds really captures sort of like what was going on in 2011 2010 2009 when when it was being written you know um which was pretty groundbreaking space like we're saying for like whatever genre this could be considered you know what i mean like yeah there wasn't much stuff that sounded like that you know <clears throat> for sure yeah soft i think this is a great tune little keys line that runs through the back of the chorus and shit i just think there's a lot of cool layering to that i even like picked up on i think soft even is actually the last one that time that that i listened like the t right before we listened to it or started the podcast i was like hearing a couple things in the mix that i hadn't really picked up on before or realized what its presence was throughout the rest of the song soft is one that i would actually be interested in playing for the for the good folks let's do it this is one of my favorite tunes let's play soft
that 40 second fade out. Yeah, you know, and, and that's probably like the thing. I think I've been listening to a lot of like, I don't know, just like longer songs lately, and that require a certain amount of patience from the listener. So I sort of like when the artist demands that, you know, and it's just sort of like, yeah, I'm just going to let this synth ring out for 40 seconds, you know? I mean, it just ties back into sort of like what we talked about with the Flying Lotus record, where it's like, you're not making it like looking over your shoulder, you know? You're like, this is the, this is just what I wanted to do, you know? It's like deep into the void. And I'm I'm following it at this point. It's just like, oh, where's this, where's this little portal going to like drop us off in next? Right, right. I think that the transition from soft to far away is nice, and sort of like you were saying with the fade out of uh, soft being so long, and how it sort of leads into far away. I think feels like a really intentional part because the mood changes and I feel like that's sort of the first time on the wreck far away is where the mood to feel sort of like a little darker a little more minor and like sort of mysterious you know because um, the first four songs especially the first three songs all feel like pretty triumphant you know um, and and this is sort of a turn you know where he starts to go what feels to me like a little more like yeah it just feels like it's like this is like now nighttime yeah there's a darker groove to it it's got like these morphed strings the bass hangs like in this kind of weird section but i really like it the string work is cool yeah the string work is great and i think like two and a half minutes in you're kind of in this 90s alternative vibe with all those dark string vibes. could even be like um like a portis head like vibe Mm -hmm. you know yeah or even like a placebo or some shit (laughs) totally placebo (laughs) for sure that was my first concert i actually didn't get to see them though but they they opened for my chemical romance and lincoln park oh sick dude that's tight. Yeah, taking back Sunday too. <laughs> this is just like a festival project. Project Revolution. Oh damn! It was, it, okay. it was like Lincoln Parks. Yeah, like, I remember that shit. Little like festival. Yeah, I went. I went with Nick and his dad. That's such a like, like a. I don't know how old. That's it. Like just an interesting mix of bands, which is actually kind of cool. Those aren't like necessarily. Do you remember all him? In the same genre. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Him, him played as well. Oh fuck! Uh, 
Taking back Sunday was cool with fucking doing the mic and you know doing all that crazy frontman stuff. Doing all that crazy frontman stuff that frontmans do. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's an amazing frontman though. He's like throws the mic up with like his like hundred foot XLR like yeah way the fuck up and like that's no, crazy. Adam Lazara or something I think his. His name is. I think "Make Damn Sure" is one of my favorite songs in that era. Yeah, dude. There's some "Taking Back Sunday" bangers. Some bangers. Yeah. Uh, But um, moving on to before, what do you what do you think about this tune? Oh, I think this is a a banger. Gives me like, yeah, I feel like I'm listening to the Top Gun soundtrack. You got this cool vocal sample going on yeah it's pretty fat i feel like this and you and i both have like a certain amount of like you know like uh pulse this pulse the sort of like you feel a little deeper than some of the other tunes like these are the ones that you're sort of like head bobbing to yeah absolutely and i think you and i what i love about that song is speaking about like vocals being chopped up is that one i think just adds such a cool texture and vibe that it it runs throughout underneath the entire track but other things are going on you know that that, like there's these bigger changes happening elsewhere like when you get to 215 on you and i that's another kind of one of those moments where you can like feel the ceiling lifting sits there the whole time and because there's other things happening it doesn't I don't know it doesn't get old to me and then it finally at like three and a half minutes reveals itself even further like you get a different vocalist who's been kind of like suppressed in this vocal like chop loop the whole time totally and this like super like airy whispery vocal is like reminds me so much of Blood Orange. I think this also leans into what you were talking about with kind of this hybrid of European 
influences mixing with some of the American indie stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing you notice just like on all of these songs is that the lyrics, like the vocal melody is so long, really like drawling, you know, in a cool way, it like really fits the music, you know, there's no, there's no fast talking or fast singing. You know, it's like long held notes. Yeah. Everything's really legato. I think he's like got a cool voice too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it works super well and obviously he knows how to layer it. Within and without the title track, what do I think of that one? Probably my favorite track on the record. One of the rare ones with a guitar. Like you can actually sort of like, then I I don't mean just chords, right? Because there's chords playing, but like at the beginning you get the little like sort of arpeggiator, yeah. or arpeggio. I don't know, man. This song is just like is money for me, and the way that I feel like the keys line, this on the synth like kind of drags a little bit. Yeah, it feels like a sample to me, and I love that. Yeah, it's just like sample like this in the sequencer in a cool weird way i will say I, I i am not able to pull out really any of the lyrics on this record which is totally cool yeah they're very much just, just like a, just a texture of the album a lot of the time yeah. i feel like i think that's a really smart way to do it it's all very cockatoo twins sort of my bloody valentine you know where it's like just another instrument and I feel like maybe on the record after this, on Paracosm, maybe you start to hear some vocals a little more clearly right. and used in different ways. And yeah, I don't know if that was also just him being a little more sure of his voice and putting a voice on the stuff that wasn't so instrumental. Or chopped up the progression from, Yeah, if you look at the progression from like the first EP t- through this to Paracosm, it's sort of just like becoming clearer. You know what I mean? Like exactly. the first one's yeah. just like really hazy. And then this one's in between. Yeah. The arpeggiator that comes in here at 230, very cool. Way everything drops out leading into it. Yeah, I love that this is kind of the end of this song because it right. feels like maybe this is leading towards something bigger. Another one of those tracks where the ceiling gets blown off, but it doesn't. Totally. It just falls off into this. Yeah, and he stays here for a minute, which is like very cool. I think that that's that's one of the moments on the record that I really appreciate. Well, I think it's also cool because of where it goes from here is into a dedication and this is probably the track while I think it fits great for the record cool ender it's Mm -hmm. way different you know than anything that you've heard sonically so it's kind of nice that 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 previous track falls off the way it does yeah this in a way is sort of like like an epilogue you know what I mean like yeah to the whole record I mean it just starts with the piano it's just piano and voice you know and then the synth work is compared to everything else quite minimal 
still think there, there's some cool shit going on when you are listening in headphones with where things are being played with in left and right here and there. Totally, yeah. The the the, the panning across all of that, the whole stereo-ness of the record. Because you're kind of getting like this warped filter on this song a little bit like something that yeah you know you're almost like listening to a record that is very warped the keys like sound a little out of tune every yep. once in a while yeah which is really cool I, I love that that's like some some stuff that like old hip-hop artists would sample stuff like that and throw some some little warble you know in yeah. a really cool way i just also like i love that that he's able to marry the two things you know this spacey environment along with that because it doesn't it doesn't feel like to me that the the spacey vocal and this warped piano exist in a different space like it all feels like it's no. together and then when the drums kick in I think that as far as the sequencing of the record goes that's another like yeah, I mean, it's a really, it's, it's definitely an enjoyable listening experience. You know what I mean? Front to back, feels pretty intentional. And, um, and it just plays well. It's one of those records you don't have to, like, be near your phone to skip that one song, which yeah. is, like, really valuable, you know, especially in, like, the social situation. Yeah. But not something that moves... Not something that moves the needle for you or like grabs you to a heavy degree. No, it's not it's not a record that like for me that I'm like, I want this in my collection because I just don't think I'd really listen to it. You know what I mean? Um, I think at most I'd like find some things I'd want to sample in it, you know? Um, but, but yeah, it just doesn't, like I said, like I had encountered this record before and I was like, this is a cool vibe. And I'd encountered enough of it before, or most of, you know, so many of the songs are cool vibes. I was like, oh, I'm gonna probably like this a lot. And maybe I got my expectations up too high or something, but it just didn't like for me, yeah, it just didn't like actually shake for me, you know? It was like, oh yeah this is a, that, that's a veteran move you know yeah. but uh not necessarily like the game changer for me not really pushing that yeah i don't necessarily think i would ever put this on to like blow anyone's mind but i would certainly like throw it on for a nice little dinner party or any sort of hang yeah, or just like see. jumping in the car mm-hmm. with somebody is just something cool for the for the cruise, you know? It's a little it's a setting, you know? It's a, it's a scenery. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think that as far as that goes, it, it does a great job. Cuz I mean, who doesn't want to be just baying and sine waves, you know? It's great. Well, I'm sorry that you were disappointed with it, but I enjoyed uh, getting my thorough education. 
on the uh, the washed out within and without record. You know, I wasn't even disappointed. I wasn't disappointed. It's not the right word. <laughs> you know, it was like it was just like, God, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Next. But I haven't listened. I haven't it's listened. Not to the way I feel, Ernest. Of it. So you don't. You don't. Uh, you know, I don't want you to think that that's the the opinions of of both of the hosts of this here series. The DCP. I am. Uh, yeah. No. All in on washed out. <laughs> and my dad's name is Ernest, so that's worth something. What? You don't know that my, my dad's name. My is mind Ernest. is about to be blown. Yeah, no, my dad's name is Ernest. Wild. He goes by Bob, <laughs> but his name's Ernest. Bob yeah, isn't like kid, his he was, middle he name or anything. Ro- Robert's his middle name. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's not like that random, but like Uncle Ernie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Earn dog. <laughs> Big Earn. Yeah, Big Earn is right. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. Well, we got through a record like very quickly, which is strange and and rare for us and I think that that's like that's very okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing. And I think the next next time we're going to be talking about Hyperview. Yep. Title Fight, Hyperview, like, coming title at fight. you, volume 18. This record semi, I think a lot of the title fight fans were upset about this record. Really? Yeah, That's because the... they 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 moved they moved away from their sort of like just like post hardcore like punk punk. punk right. This I re- I remember this being like a pretty big shift because I was pretty into Floral Green, the record that comes before yeah, this. Exactly. Are you familiar with? Have you listened to Hyperview at all yet? Yeah, I have. And I also okay. listened to it a little bit when it first came out and I was like, "Whoa, this is like just like to- we totally just different. mentioned. This is a a shift in the the right. dynamic for sure." Yeah, we'll definitely have to play a little bit of Floral Green and even some of their earlier stuff like Shed. Um Last Thing You Forget because uh yeah, the 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 transition is pretty pronounced. You know, yeah, which I I just fucking respect the hell out of that. That's great. This is where I got on board with them, so we'll have a lot to talk about because that's one from my record collection. And this was one from Dan's, and then after that one, we're doing the Bony Vare Twenty Two Million, also from Dan's collection that I got only it, listened dude. to one time. You got it. We got we got more records coming at you. So many records, man. Yeah, so if anybody wants to buy my drum set, hit me up. And if anybody wants to buy my receiver, hit me up. Um, Cuzzo is on the move. He's selling things. Shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring another episode of this here podcast. Can't uh, thank them enough for their support of this thing. Make sure you hit that link in the episode notes so you can get that 30% off. They're doing uh, big things, distributing a third of the world's digital jams yeah so distro kid the new, for the win uh, the new teleporter ep oldies will be out by the time that this airs hell so yeah listen to teleporter 
check out the teleporter. Elliot's uh, a real gem of a person. And go get the vaccine. Cuzzo uh, is still endorsing getting the vaccine uh, <laughs> at the beginning and the end of this podcast. So he's at, I just, he's at least consistent, folks. Yeah, I'm consistent. So Team Pfizer all day, but hey, you work, you know. <laughs> do what you need to do. <laughs> I really like just like starting a. My whole thing is I'm trying to start a, a rift. You know. Yeah. How I want, I want like Team Pfizer and Team Moderna to really be at each other's throats on a level of one to ten. How upset do you think I'm going to be about your microphone feed after this episode? I don't know, man. I wonder. Did you say that because it just like peaked again? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think. I think. I, I think. I'm pretty confident. I got the cloud lift in. Tight. Tight. Yeah. Um. So I'd say somewhere like safe seven. Well, I'll love you either way. I know. Um, Trust me. It's the sponsors. I I, it's the sponsors I worry about. I don't even plug the mic in anymore. I just have this here, so you shut up about it. You know, I just want the folks to uh, get their uh, their most enjoyable listening experience. You know, the Zoom feed is not bad. It sounds pretty shitty, but it's also like pretty impressive for it being just like the feed that you're getting. I you agree. Know? I agree. I it's better than a lot of things, and uh, you know what I'm really looking forward to is I think very soon we're going to get to do some of these in person before you take off to LA. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that and we're going to put all the links in the episode notes thinking about what we should play. When I come down to DJ with. man. Oh yeah. July, July. That's far out though. We'll the talk residency. about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, you know, in the future, in the future of things. You want to play it out with uh, the self-titled or the title track? Um, yeah, I think your your quote-unquote favorite song. I think that would be dope. Yeah, let's play it out with uh, "Within" and "Without" off of the washed-out album from 2011. "Within" and "Without" on Sub Pop. Ten years um, ago. Oh man, I was also going to tell you because I know that you don't like stay up to date really on the washed-out stuff. Mr. Yellow, which was the 2017 record from Washed Out, was put out on Stone's Throw. It's his only record that's not out on Sub Pop, pretty much. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Hell yeah. And that one... You love to see that. Yeah. That's the one that I think digs into like a lot of the psychedelic shit and some sampling. It's cool. But Cool. But this is within well, and without, and it's a good. Um, this is a. This is a, It's a solid. It's a, it's a good listening experience. Put this thing on with your nice audio file sound system, surround <laughs> sound with the grill. Put the put the grill inside the house, and, and blast it. Put the it. grill inside the house. Amazing that's how advice. You're supposed to listen to this record. Oh man, and that's why we love them, folks. That's that's Kazo. <laughs> And uh, until next time, I'm glad that you're you're still digging records. And uh, yeah. I mean, doesn't sound like your bank. I got account. a budget of a thousand dollars to try to thousand dollars worth of records I want by before I move. At least you're using them to uh, to DJ, right? I'm writing them all off, man. It's not, I'm 
I'm gonna get a fat tax return next year because it's going all in. written off. He's going in. Part and, of the business. Uh, we'll be back with a bonus episode on taxes and how you can save money <laughs> as an independent musician next week on I with Dig record Records. Right. I dig taxes. <laughs> I don't I dig, dig taxes. taxes. <laughs> I dig tax returns. That's volume 17, everybody. We're going to sign off on this. It's gone far off the rails. And I hope everybody's uh, doing all right out there and keeping their head above water. Good. (laughs) Love you, man. I'm waiting. I'm expecting you to, uh, to drop this in. Oh. Is that what we're waiting for? That's what we're waiting for. <laughs> oh my god, amazing. I'm gonna stop my recording. Alright.